Welcome to the Soul Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Hey, you guys, welcome to the So Flex Life podcast. I'm your host, Crispin, and I'm very excited about today's guest. We have Janisha Alora. She was a former Miss Singapore. I'm so excited to have her. She is the founder of Soul Rich Woman, the number one female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia that connects more than 200,000 women across the region in the Soul Elf membership program. For the past 17 years, Janisha coached celebrities, CEOs, politicians to be seen as a leader on stage. Today, with the Soul Witch Roman Blueprint and SRW Academy, she mentors thousands of women to bring their business and leadership brand online. Her vision is to support 1 million women to own and love the F word. So welcome, Janisha. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited that you're here. I was kind of reading your bio and tell me about you. How about you tell us about you, where you grew up, how was life for you growing up and kind of how you got to where you are today? Well, I am the founder of Soul Rich Woman. I was working and have been working since 14 years old, supporting myself through school, being an instructor in line dancing, aerobics, as well as yoga. And I supported literally quite many years, uh, worked till I almost nearly burnt out. Uh, But definitely put myself through school, often being bullied because I didn't have a lot of money, didn't have the ability to keep changing my bags or my you know, your pencil cases and things like that. So, so often outcasted and bullying was really one of the major themes in my teenage years. And I managed to overcome it because my mom kept reminding me to turn my mess into my message. I still remember a time where my mom um, kind of like pulled me off, you know, helped me off the, 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 the kitchen seal because I wanted to commit suicide because the bullying got so bad. There was one time they they cornered me and pulled open my PE shirt and looked at my bra in a group of girls and then they all mocked at me and said, oh, you're wearing the same bra? And then there was another incident that they took my bag and threw it across the classroom floor and all my books were strewn all across the classroom floor. And, and that was then I said, it's enough. And that was when I just wanted to commit suicide. So oh, wow. fast forward, I'm glad my mom saved me. And I was able to put together this platform called Soul Rich Woman. Of course, in between, I did um, win Miss Singapore. I went on to start my image consultancy business. But I was just working and getting paid. That means I work, I get paid. I work, I get paid. I don't work, I don't get paid. So even though I was earning great income, like, you know, a client like pays like $20,000 or, you know, four figures, five figures for a project, for coaching, I think it's awesome. 
But if I don't work, I don't get paid. So that was when I decided to go online in 2013. And it has transformed my life since. And starting a platform has never been easy because when I first started my webinars, on a Wednesday and it was every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. being so consistent. My first few sessions started with zero, literally to the sound of the crickets. So I mastered the F word, which was funnels and Facebook ads. And that really helped me to bring in people and get to know what I was doing. So it moved from my first zero to the first 10, then the first 100. It's all about giving value. I think giving value and solving their problems and eventually putting together and renaming the platform into Soul Rich Woman. And um, that's how I got to where I am. Wow. So when you had zero people that joined into your program, um, you didn't let that keep you down. Were there ever times where you started to feel defeated? And if so, how did you handle that? Well, you just have to remember this. Love your people more than you love your products. Mm -hmm. I think that is crucial because if you love your products first, you will be creating something that doesn't solve the problem. I think when you are able to solve the problem now, because especially online is really noisy these days and you want to be standing out. So in order to stand out, you must first, number one, focus on one type of target uh, audience. I will call it your fish, right? Your clients and really allow them to focus on you. So imagine if there's a magic wand right now in front of you and it's multicolored versus a magic wand that is only in pink. Which one would you know that it's for you? Most likely, you will pick the pink color one because it's only that one color and it will jump up right in front of your face. So by having that visual right now in your mind with two magic wands, one with multicolored, and one with only one specific color, it will happen exactly the same way it functions online. So by having that pink color magic wand that you have shining brightly, that is uniquely in your own message, you will be able to capture the audience. Number two, it will need to really solve that one problem. So think about that opportunity to find an ebook, for example, that says, learn how to play a guitar in 48 hours versus learn how to play My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion in four hours, for example. <laughs> Which one would you, would you pick it up, right? It would most likely pick up the book that says you can play a guitar in four hours, especially for that song, because you want to impress a girl, you got to go on a date, you have to do something, right? So <laughs> solve that one thing immediately. So I discovered this as I moved along the online world. And by doing these two things, I came to a conclusion, which was to love your people more than you love your product and to really understand their lingo and their messaging, especially when we serve women. Women sometimes don't necessarily tell us the truth. We have to read between the lines on what exactly they want. Not everybody wants to make a million dollars. Not everyone wants to make that $20,000, $50,000. Given, although most women or people will say that, yes, they want to make money, but what is the deeper reason why 
they do what they do. So you have and you must go deeper into that. So start a beta group, for example. Have people who are not even your friends, but people who don't know you to join your program or to get them to test out to see how it functions in that space and what kind of feedback are you getting, real feedback on the ground. And only then your business will grow and thrive. And that's how I overcome my issues uh, or, we, we can, or you can say it's the problems that I face building a network, building a platform. And this is the way to go. Yes, definitely. I love that. Love your people more than you love your product and kind of find your why. Don't chase the money, basically, because the money is going to come. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up. Um, they have their money on the prize or they have their money. They have their eye on the money to where they really don't care about people anymore. So um, I like in your bio, you mentioned how you went from being in a $100,000 debt to earning, um, to becoming a millionaire, basically. Kind of what did you do to train yourself to get into that mindset and kind of get to where you went from being in debt to millionaire status? Track everything you spend. Really sit your ass down and take out a pen and paper and really write down every single thing that you spend on from as little as 10 cents from all the way to your first $1,000. Could it be a subscription of your phone, uh, phone bill or your subscription of a software? Really nail it because you got to be honest with yourself to turn your debts into really making your first 5k 10k and then eventually making that million dollars didn't come because i had all the systems and processes true and given but if i hadn't sat down and relook at my spending and what needed to be done what needed to be accumulated that in itself would not have brought me to be able to clear my debt and then going to the next step it will be every time your money comes in as a business owner, are you spending everything? For example, I used to do this. Every time I think in a client, because I'm a solopreneur in the past, I would bring $10,000. I would expense $10,000, leaving $0 in the bank. If I bring a $50,000 client, I would expense $50,000, spending it on everything else possible, right? So when you do that, that is bad for business, especially if you're a solopreneur. So you got to really ask yourself, you have to pay yourself a salary. So if you bring a $50,000 business, pay yourself, I don't know, $2,000, $5,000 to get started. Mm -hmm. The more you take out from your business, your business won't be able to thrive because cash flow is queen. All right. Mm -hmm. So really work on your cash flow so that you can hire people, you can do things, you can roll your money to do bigger projects and take on even bigger jobs and hire people so that you can build a team of people who can help you to do the work for you while you use your brain strategically. Mm -hmm. So that was how I made my first million dollars. So first, nailing down every single expenses that I, I worked on, everything really looked at it. Of course, people will say, oh, are, you, are, you, are we crazy? Are we mis uh, miser? You know, are we being very hard on ourselves? But the fact is, if you don't look at it, they will run away from you. There'll be holes all over your bank account, really. So in Bible, we say, right, where your heart is, that's where 
your treasure is. Yeah. So, well, you got to put it in place, into perspective. So, pay yourself first and then build up your cash flow will be the next part. So, then you can delegate out 80% of your to-do list and focus on your zone of genius. And that was how I transformed my entire money blueprint. Wow, I love that. So it can be done. Definitely track everything you spend. Um, you mentioned the cash flow and hiring people. So at what point did you realize like, okay, I can't do it myself. I need to hire people. I need to build a team. In fact, in my consultancy business, I already hired assistants, but it was just personal assistants. And then later on, when I decided to go online in 2013, I realized that I couldn't do all the processes myself. I, I couldn't be doing the sales call myself to do the follow-ups. I, I couldn't be uh, doing the administrative stuff at the same time, my accounts. And I was like, oh my God, I've only got 24 hours, but I'm like working 48 hours in a single day. I said, no, that's not, that, cannot, that, that is not what I want, right? Because right. yes, I'm doing online already, but I am still slave to my business as a solopreneur, I said, no, 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 this got to change. So that was when I started hiring and it was painful because I thought it was an expense. It was a cost center. But if you look at it from a different perspective, you are doing things that you love the most. And when you thrive in the zone of genius, you will be able to bring in more profits and more profits and businesses for your business and allowing those people like, you know, doing social media, uh, doing up my accounts, doing the administrative work, they become that cost center that supports the profit center. So I spent 80% of my time looking at sales and marketing and 20% of my time looking into operational work. So that will be a good guideline for you as a solopreneur looking to transform into a team. Start from one and then build up to two. And you may not even need to hire someone full-time. Just look at specific tasks and build outwards so that you can hire people for that job marrying two to three tasks in one project. And that would help you to kind of move your team forward. Yeah. So you don't really need to hire full-time employees per se until it required that. So that's how you can build up. Okay. So start outsourcing um, like small activities and other things to other people so you can free up your time to focus more on what's important, what's going to help grow the business. Um, and I Remember you saying that you spent 80% on like sales and marketing. So how important would you say marketing is for your business as far as building a brand goes? Oh, they go, they go hand in hand actually. You need to have a brand because you need to stand out from in the marketplace. If you if they are looking, your clients are looking for coaches or mentors, they will compare you apple to apple. You have, you have to make yourself different so that they will not be able to compare apple to apple. That's the first thing. Then you got to also distribute, right? You got to have the power of distribution, which is marketing. Just think about it. I, I used to run a cafe retail chain in three countries, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and we had 18 franchisees. And we do a lot of marketing. We print a lot of flyers offline. We have to distribute it. And you can't stinge on those because if you have a new cafe in your area, 
you can't just wait to for the foot traffic to just walk to your doorstep. You got to print the flyers and you got to distribute blocks away. Say, hey, we got a new cafe coming up. You know, come try our coffee and try our food. So it's the same thing, right? Once you've got a brand, you got to tell people about it, and you got to really distribute your flyers. And online world is through your Facebook ads, your Instagram ads, and podcasting. You know, there are ways to get people to come to know you like you and trust you and in order to get them to pay you the money eventually and a customer journey will not start immediately they will follow you probably three months six months nine months up to even 18 months so then how can you continuously engage them is through marketing and remember your brand promise what you promise in your brand and then keep going at it consistency is key to your success online i love that consistency because a lot of people they will do good for like a month and then just run out of things to post and come back take a month or two off and come back um i was once told you have to stay relevant you have to keep pushing and putting content out there really daily um to, to be the first one on someone's mind. Like if you're trying to be a cosmetologist or do hair, you should definitely market that you do hair. So when I'm thinking, okay, who does hair? Oh, such and such posts about hair all the time. Let me reach out to them. Um, so how has consistency helped you um, in your business? Has it helped you stay on a certain schedule? Or do you stick by a, a certain schedule, like a certain daily schedule for your business? I would say I will have a routine in my business, my personal routine versus a team routine. So for me, my personal one, I will look into my well-being. I think we can't give if what we don't have. So we, I do a lot of morning walks and I look at my task and I look at my own reflections. So I do that in the morning. Or, and also the night before I sleep. So that, that is very important for me. And the other part, uh, consistency in terms of the business would be really needing to do team meetings once, every, once a week, looking into how's the marketing going along, how's the sales, how's the social media postings, are there any engagements, are there, are there leads coming in? How are my web, webinars converting? How's the retargeting? So it's kind of... Uh, sounding a bit technical in that sense, I, I, I don't really love that, but we, we need to do it because it's part of the business process. So <laughs> setting it in place is key. And that is why, you see, you see the thing about when we are entrepreneurs, if anything that you can potentially be the bottleneck, please remove yourself from that process and put someone who's damn good at it in it. So... Yeah, a lot of female entrepreneurs actually got stuck because they don't, don't like to do the work and they don't do it and they don't want to face it. So that is one potential downfall if you're not looking at it constantly. So that's why I have a partner in the business, well, my mentor. Mm. He invested in my business eventually and he started to look into um, the business development part of the business. And that's how we work together and uh, really work out the process and systems for the business. I like that. So how important would you say mentorship is? I know you mentioned you have a mentor and that's a question a lot of people have like, mm, do I really need a mentor? Or do I not? 
Oh, mentors really save time. Save time. It is a profit center, never a cost center. Okay, why? Because if I had known, if I was 17, I would tell my 17-year-old self, and say, hey, you got to get yourself a mentor. But back in those days, we would say like, oh my God, a mentor is $20,000. going to be crazy. Huh? <laughs> a mentor is $40,000. How am I going to find money to pay that? But imagine, I made back so much more money after I invested in a mentor. Even though it was in a six-figure debt, I invested in one, found money, back steal and borrow literally, and just say, no, I got to have a mentor. And because I invested in one, he coached me how to do my online business in 2013. And that was how I became a millionaire. So, hey, I've made back the money, cleared my debts, and like my life is way much better now. So, 10 years forward, you know, he, he's still part of my life and part of my business. And mentorship is key. So, how do you find a mentor? First, you have to find somebody who got the results that you want. Number two, you have to find somebody whom you truly resonate with. That means it's not an uh, idolization. It's more of like it's a respect where if the person says something and share with you their ideas, you don't uh, one year, it doesn't go from the left year and then it goes out to the, through the right and into the toilet bowl. So, you literally have to be able to digest it and you know work with that mentor so that is key last but not least you have to take action our greatest basketball player of all time michael jordan did not become that top basketball legend on by you know letting his coach become the legend he mm. literally trained very hard to be where he is today and for us, you know, we have an Olympic gold medal called Joseph Schooling. He's a swimmer. He did not swim to get, he did, his coach did not swim for him. You know, he got to wake up 5 a.m. in the morning and then got to go swim and train until he gets that Olympic gold. So don't expect when you pay a mentor or hire a mentor, oh, okay, you, you have to do the work for me and it's your responsibility to be chasing after me. If you have this attitude, it's wrong. I've seen so many people having this attitude. When they hire a mentor, it's like, it's in a privilege, you know, it's like entitlement. Try to look at it from a different perspective. Have respect. Only then when you are humble and coachable, you then will be able to achieve the success that you've ever dreamed about. Definitely. So you have to be able to listen and know that you don't know it all. And be open-minded. Um, a wise man knows that he knows nothing. You guys, we have some people to wow. on our Facebook Live. <laughs> so um, that's very exciting. I like how you said you invested in a mentor. You did have to spend the money for, it, but in return, that's how you became a millionaire. You had to find someone that was doing what you wanted to do and was very successful at doing so. Um, so to everybody that's listening and watching, I hope you guys are taking notes because Shanisha has given us some very, very, very good points. And if you all that are tuning in on the Facebook Live have any questions, you can definitely share them and I will ask her while I have her on the live. But if you're just tuning in, she is the founder of Soul Rich Woman and kind of tell us about Soul Rich Woman, what you do with that company and how you got started, what really influenced you to begin Soul Rich Woman. I started with the vision to get women from offline to online and 
to shortcut their success because when I first started, I I was in 2013, I didn't know how to go online and I was looking for a way to go online. I was scrambling, trying to piecemeal things together. I went to my best friend called Google. I was like, okay, let's see how to go online and how do you get clients online? And I literally spent so much time trying to piecemeal, put things together, paid for many different programs, spent so much money, but in the end, I just kept going round and round in circles. So I was really frustrated And I told myself, enough is enough. I'm just going to make sure I invest the right way and put things together for other people so that someone would not need to go that round and round in circles like I had gone through years before. Because I chanced upon that mentor who gave me that know-how in the shortest period of time and that was how I made it eventually. So that's why Soul Rich Woman was inspired by that process of growth. And of course, the big why is from from my mom as well. My mother is the source of that matrix that I've built up, that Soul Rich Woman network that I've built up. Because until today, 60 over years old, she's still a leader in the community. She's helping other women. She's doing volunteer work. She's, you know, coaching other women. She's doing so much work at 60 plus, I don't know where she find the energy from. She's just keep going and going and going. I'm like, okay. So she does the offline kind of like stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the online person. So, so that's why and how I, I build up Slow Rich Women. So essentially what we do is to help women to go from offline to online with our Slow Rich Women blueprint, uh, get their brands known, get through, get, their podcasting going, um, and also to own and love the F word, which is being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence, and family. Because alone you are strong, but together we are unstoppable. Wow, I love that. And uh, definitely tell our listeners how they can be a part of Soul Rich Woman. Um, are you all international? Do you work with clients overseas? Um, because you are in Asia, we are in the States here. So for you all that are tuned in, just a little background information there. Do you Are you guys international? Yes, we are. Right now we are, we have listeners and we have followers in 53 countries and we are really, truly very blessed. And you, I have actually two free gifts for you, uh, for those of you who are tuning in and listening in. Yes, uh, because it's truly great to be a blessing. So first I would like to gift you my book. It's called Secrets of Personal Branding. In it, I share my journey on how did I get politicians, CEOs of companies being branded. So you can use the seven steps as well. So that will be really amazing to help you in your business and your life to go from offline to online. The second one is how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list to your assistant so that you can make money online. So all it needs, it's just all you need is just $50 to get started. So in the workbook, I outline how you can delegate out by recognizing the steps, the task, and you know, really to help you to get started outsourcing. I believe this will be great for you. And you can find these two downloadables at soulrichwoman.com. And that will be S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. Soulrichwoman.com. 
And we will definitely have that on our blog post. Everyone that's listening will have the direct links on there. So you can definitely go online and connect with her, connect with her team and get your business off the ground. Um, is it a specific type of business that you usually work with or anybody that's trying to start a business, they can connect with you and join? Oh, usually we we serve uh, for three three groups of women. I think one we serve well, women who wants to be infopreneurs. That means they are B two B, but they are looking for another way to serve their B two B clients better. We have we've got other business owners who are B two C, like studio owners. We have got studio owners learning from us and leveraging on our marketing system, which is a soul rich woman blueprint, and then applying it in their business. We also have got nine to five employees who are nobody when they are in they are they are somebody in the workforce, but the moment they leave or they're planning to have a side hustle or plan B, that's when they they join Solid Women because they want to learn how can they get themselves seen and be a somebody and not be associated with the company even before they leave. So that's how they build their brand and still continue to, to be seen. So these are the people that we work with. I love that. So there are a lot of women out there that are contemplating on being entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, people are scared to leave their job, to leave their nine to five. That's their security. That's your bread and butter. And I know people sometimes have fear that their business won't work out. So at what point would you advise someone to leave their steady income and work um, solely on their job, on their entrepreneurial job? So far, I would say don't leave. At this time in this pandemic, I think the wise decision is to keep your job and spend two to four hours a day working on your side hustle. I think that would be a wise decision. And until a point when your side hustle is able to pay for your salary or something that you have and you want, and that's when you can decide or consider leaving your job. But for now, because market conditions are really unpredictable, I would say just continue to think and consider as a form of multiple source of income. That means you are in your job and then having another source of income on the side. That will be a model that will be more workable in this time of pandemic. And then until you feel secure and stable, that's when you leave. I love that. So definitely you guys, if you're listening, this is not the time to quit your job. This pandemic is real. And a lot of people are affected by it. Has this pandemic affected your business any? Well, right now we are not really affected because of uh, more people are going online. In fact, more people have signed up for our programs and our services. And that's truly a, a great blessing, I would say. Of course, our payments are delayed. Some of the payments are definitely delayed uh, collecting from some of our B2B clients as well. Mm -hmm. But other than that, uh, most individuals who looked at, looked at our programs, our memberships, they, they usually will take up the programs. Wow, I love that. So yes, uh, the pandemic has affected a lot of people in a bad way, but also has helped businesses grow. I saw a post, there was a pandemic, um, the Spanish flu back in 1918. And they say so many people became entrepreneurs and business owners during that pandemic. 
um, a lot of people had a lot more time to really focus and think of other things they could be doing in case something like this were to happen again. Is there really any way to prepare um, your business for a pandemic? Yes, I think the, the way to prepare your business for or with the pandemic or post pandemic will be really looking at things that people want. You have to be grounded and really stop sometimes to think about things that require a lot of cost. That means find something to get started with little or no cost. For example, coaching, um, finding products to sell but doesn't require a lot of minimum order quantity. I think these would be great for you to start. looking to micro businesses, right? Start with an order of 20 and then try selling it online and see how it works out for you before ordering like 1,000 pieces and, and things like that. So you really have to test it out yeah. what niche or what uh, niche you want to focus on and then, and then go for it at a bigger scale once the smaller pieces are bringing you the income already. But like having said that, you must still invest in yourself. Even though... I'm asking you to start small doesn't mean you hold back in hiring a mentor or a coach or investing into softwares that can really help you to do everything. For example, building your funnels, running your, running your website, getting your payment gateway started. All these things needs to be invested in. So free is for everybody, but what is not free, right? Something that requires you to invest and really work hard to uh, you know, use this software to help you to make even more money because automation and you, your time is so valuable. So rather have more time to bring in more customers rather than haggling with the next thing that you're trying to build like a funnel or, or your payment gateways and things like that. Yeah. Sorry, I had myself on mute there because my son is in, in the house screaming here. <laughs> Life of being a mom. But how long, um, you mentioned that we should test out what we're trying to do first. So how long would you suggest a business test out what they're doing before they give up on it or try something else? Depending whether you're doing it alone or you have a network. So usually i would i will not tell i will tell you entrepreneurship is tough right it really takes a lot of perseverance and eradicating naysayers and dream slayers around you sometimes can be even harder so stay with the community stay with a group of like-minded people who can support you to get going i will not say three months six months or nine months or 12 months that you will ensure your success because it depends how much action and effort you put in Mm -hmm. If compared, if you want, if you are just happy making a thousand dollars a month versus someone who is wanting desire a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars a month, their efforts and their actions will be entirely different. Someone who wants to win an Olympic gold versus a, you know, just just a win in making a, a, a dollar online. So you have to first begin with the end in mind and then work backwards. But the most important of all in entrepreneurship is the support support and support so we can't stop naysayers and dream slayers because they are everywhere around us they are always giving us the cold water the cold blanket we have to stay warm with the like-minded sisters that we have 
and the community. I love that. So if you guys are taking notes, definitely get a community of like-minded people, as she mentioned, um, kind of train your mindset, begin with the end in mind, have a goal. Because if you don't know where you're going, what your goal is, what are you really out here doing? <laughs> so um, how would you suggest someone finds a community of like-minded people? Some people, they may be the only entrepreneur in their family. So they, you know, they want to get out there, but they don't really have that family support. Um, how do you go about finding others? Do you utilize social media or are there other tactics one can use to find a community of like-minded people? I'm also the solopreneur, I mean, solo entrepreneur in my family. So when I first started, I went for networking events. And of course, now with the pandemic that's happened, I highly recommend leveraging on Facebook groups. For example, it's a great way to search for like-minded people and to find your accountability partner or buddy in those groups. But like I said, you know, you, you, how would you trust the person online? That's when your ability to filter and do small agreements, I think that would be great a start because you can't trust everybody online even though when i say find like-minded people you really have to build through trust with your small agreements so maybe uh you know finding that person having a chat and to see if that that person is a good fit and then slowly building up that momentum as you go along mm. i love that i definitely love that so definitely utilize networking, Facebook groups, people are very interactive on there. So definitely get on there. Do you think um, someone that's trying to grow a business online, is there a thing as a such thing as posting too much? Excessive posting. Hmm. Oh, well, do you think Gary V is excessive posting or posting excessively? <laughs> yeah. So, so if you look at it, online is really very crowded and everything is just moved down the news feed. I think if you're giving value, value means real value, solving a problem, encouragement, motivational. I think that in itself would help you to have more reach than overposting. I would, I would put, say, overposting in terms of like being salesy. That means you're like every single post, you're like, buy two, get one free. And then the next post will be discount at, of my product right now this summer, you know. And then the next post will be like 30% off, you know, my new. My, I'm like, oh my God. Okay, that will be excessive posting, right? Posting too much. But you're giving real value and you're sharing your podcast, you know, your autograms, you're giving a code. You're kind of like moving along those lines. I think that would be awesome. As long as you're solving one problem immediately, giving them a point of nugget or a point of wisdom to start their day or to end their day. I think that's perfectly fine. I love that. And I'm ending the Facebook live there. Um, and for our listeners here on the podcast, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you? What's the easiest way for them to get in contact with you? Thank you. So the way to contact me will be on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram at Janisha Alora, G-E-N-E-C-I-A-A-L-L-U-O-R-A, Janisha Alora. Or you can go to soulrichwoman.com, which is our website, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. Awesome. 